Hi, everyone, and welcome back to High Tea Hoops and our Hi. Sunday roast show. Brian, I gave you ample time to jump in there with a lot of I was high late. Tea High Tea Hoops. I know. I, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was hesitant. I, I left the door open for you. You got to take it, though. Just like the Pelicans, I was a little late to show up to the party. Good one, Brian. Uh, it's Skylar and Brian, the Duke and Duchess of Hoops, back with a Sunday roast show. We're kind of back into our normal programming at this point. Um, welcome, guys. Welcome, everyone. It's going to be another great show. Um, if you haven't already, please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, is it iTunes? Apple, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, we're new podcast. super old, Skylar. Come on. <laughs> You weren't even alive it when didn't... iTunes was out. Yes, I was, Brian. It didn't sound right You're when it was You're the Spotify out, but... generation. <laughs> Anyways, please rate and review. It really helps us grow. We're a very young podcast. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get into it, Brian. Let's get into our takeaways for this week. We're What's your we're top into one? We're into this eighth seed race at this point. We're deep so into fun. it. It's really fun. So let's go through a little reminder of how the eighth seed race works. So if the ninth seed in either conference is within four games of the eighth seed, they have to be within four games back, it forces a play-in tournament where in order for either of them to advance, the ninth place team either has to win twice in two consecutive games or the eighth place team just has to win once. This is wild. And I love it. It's I wish they wild. did this during the regular season. This is chaotic, and I love it. So does that mean it's not really a play-in tournament? It's just whoever's ninth at the time of the, you know, the end of the restart. Yeah. Then, so it, it's not really a tournament between the teams, all the teams that may be within four games. It's just if the ninth spot team is within four, yeah. then that kicks it off. Because it would be fun yeah. to have like a little mini tournament between those teams too, but it's just two, two teams that go into that play-in tournament. Yeah, that's a good clarification to make, though, because in the Western Conference, like there's four teams right now that are within four games of that eighth place team. But it's they have to be in that ninth place seat and be within four games to force that play in yeah. tournament. So let's talk about the Eastern Conference. We're unfortunately not going to see a play in tournament in the East. I don't know if that's nope. unfortunate, to be honest, based on the way the Wizards have been playing. Um, but the Magic are in eighth place, and the Wizards had been at ninth. Uh, but they've lost every single game in the bubble. So bad. Every single game. And they've actually fallen behind the Charlotte Hornets, who are <laughs> not playing in the bubble, and are now in 10th place. So there will not be a play-in tournament in yeah, the Eastern hilarious. Conference. That was – they. I think <sighs> the Magic the have lost every game. The Magic have lost a bunch of games, too, not every game. Yep. But – they they won, they won like maybe one or two just to sneak by the Wizards. They're still, what, like seven games ahead of the Wizards? So it wasn't really yeah. close in the Eastern Conference. No. I don't think people really expected the Eastern Conference to be close as soon as we heard that Bradley Beal wouldn't be joining yeah, the Wizards. Yeah, or cared. Yeah. Uh, the Western Conference, however, is much more fun and much more complicated. Yep. But there will almost inevitably be a play-in game in the Western Conference. So those games will be next weekend. The first will be Saturday. And then if a second game is needed, uh, it'll be on Sunday. The Grizzlies are in eighth place still, even though they're one and five, one and five in the bubble. 
which is tough. Yeah. Uh, but there's losing, three teams. And losing JJJ, one of their yeah. best players. Real tough. Tough situation for them right now. But there's three teams right now that are within four games of them. There previously yep. were five, uh, but with the Portland Trailblazers winning today, they eliminated the Pelicans. And I don't even remember who was beneath the them. The Kings, the Kings. Yep. yep, both of them gone, sorry. We'll get to the Pelicans later. I'm very disappointed in the Pelicans. Yep. But so right now, it's pretty close between the Trailblazers, the Spurs, and the Suns. The Suns, so the, Skyler. The Suns, the only undefeated team in the bubble. Don't go listen to our Suns pod. We could not have been more wrong. <laughs> there are some terrible takes in that Suns pod, I guarantee them. it. I'm deleting it from our podcast. Do not go listen to it. <laughs> Honestly, no one can blame us for that. No one saw this Phoenix surge coming. It's unbelievable. Uh, I don't know how much you want to get into it now, but Devin Booker. Let's do it now. Let's do it. Devin Booker, who don't listen to our pod, great player. Really impressed with his leadership and his two-way game. We can just we can just edit from the last one. I'll just insert this into the last one. Uh, hitting the game-winning shot over Kawhi and Paul George, often top two out of five defenders in the league, to win the game against the Clippers. Unbelievable uh-huh. moment. He got his little pose moment where he's laying on the ground like Damian Lillard got when he hit that mm-hmm. shot. Uh, it's really incredible to see this team coming together when – I mean, their chances, they were the 0.1% chance team to make the yeah. playoffs. And they might pull it off, Skylar. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I want to say, I feel like I did have maybe one okay take in that Suns podcast because I distinctly remember saying uh, one of the only good things about rooting for the Suns is that you like get to listen to sicko mode and like think about your team. And when Devin Booker hit that shot, like the number one trending topic on twitter right after that was wet like i'm book which is a sicko mode lyric yep. and so yep. i i honestly was like i called that one and for I, any, it's an obvious call out but i called that one and you know we we may have slandered him a little bit uh, on the pod but if you are a young player or you're a coach just go look at tape of him or even of his practices his footwork yep. and how he puts himself in position to score and create space against defenders is is like it's, it's like kobe-esque it's like i haven't seen before yep. And it's almost effortless, and he's still – he's one of the best scorers, obviously, in the, in the NBA. But just technically how he scores is really amazing to watch. So that it's great game tape if you want to review it, but it's been a master class so far. Yeah, it's really interesting to see, like, how – just how much Kobe impacted – these really young players like Devin Booker, his game is similar to Kobe's, but he also, he's been such a huge Kobe fan and Kobe really impacted his game. And he like, he's been showing up in Kobe shirts to every game. And it's just, it's really cool to see the way that he impacted all of those young players. And the Suns are just beating really good teams too. They have Bridges who are playing really well. Um, You know, they have people coming off the bench and, and perform like Carter had 20 against the heat um, mm-hmm. off the bench it's just the team is coming together where you know you'd expect maybe the pelicans to do something like that but the Suns, who like didn't have a shot could have just you know just not showed up to the bubble and just tried to you know be healthy yeah. for next season but they came in with a vengeance yeah it's almost like the opposite of what the pelicans came in to do like we talked last week yeah. like it just doesn't look like the pelicans want to win that bad in this bubble which they may not like 
they may be just thinking, let's keep Zion healthy, let's mm-hmm. keep our guys healthy, and let's get out of here. But the Suns came in to win, and I'm really enjoying watching it. So shout out the Suns. Who do you want to cover next, Spurs or Blazers or Grizzlies? Spurs. Let's go Spurs next. All right. How so do you, we went you from like 11 team. to 10. I don't – there's just – there's nothing exciting to me on this team. There's just <laughs> – it's fine. I, there's just nothing that's, like, getting me going about this team. I know. It's a weird team to root for because the Spurs for decades just had these iconic players that we loved. Uh, yeah. Robinson, Duncan, Manu, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Parker, all even Pau Gasol was on this team. And we're, you know, yep. obviously huge fans of the Gasol brothers. But, yeah, when you have, like – DeRozan and Derek White and DeJounta Murray and Lonnie Walker and Rudy Gay coming off the bench. You're like, what is this team? But with Becky Hammond and uh, Pop, they're going to win. Like there's just, they could win with me playing uh, at the five spot in the corner. Yeah. This, this also might be like me going against like my typical framework of what I like about certain teams. Like this Mm -hmm. feels like a team team that is well coached. There's no superstars, but they all kind of play their own role and they work really well together. Yeah. But it's just, they're just not doing it for well, me. This also is on brand for you, Skylar, because this team doesn't have beefs. It doesn't have drama. It doesn't have fits. So There's no boring. flash. It's just, yeah, they're the Spurs without the stars that we love that we're joking on the bench together. And we, almost, yeah. we like their management and coaches more than any of the players. I like DeMar DeRozan, but like... There's just yeah. there's not a lot going on there, but they're they're four and two in the bubble. Uh, they're one game behind the Grizzlies and half a game behind the Trailblazers, so they're still a good a good shot for them. Uh, they have to play Houston and Utah still, so they have a maybe a Those, road ahead. Yeah, I think I mean that's easier than you know having the Bucks and you know the Grizzlies. Yeah, they're Boston definitely winnable. But this would be the first. I mean, the Spurs have made the playoffs for the last what 20 years longer this would be the first time they would miss the playoffs in a really really long time uh so it'll be interesting to see what they what they do should we move on to the blazers yes let's do it let's talk blazers uh they just moved to half a game back from the grizzlies with their win today they are four and two in the bubble now brian what do you think about this blazers team because I like I am very conflicted because I almost really want to see the Suns advance at this point but at the same time I feel like the Blazers are the best team out of these three that are going to be contending with Memphis for that playoff spot yeah this is one we nailed in the preview pods where we love this Blazers team especially healthy with Nurkic coming back and Dame and CJ and Melo uh, and they have come on with that attitude where they are going to make yep. the playoffs and, you know, people are saying, like, this is like a three or four seed if Nurkic was healthy during the season. So yeah. this is a team that is fighting and clawing back to make the playoffs. This is going to be a brutal team for the Lakers to play in the first round if they do make that eight seed, which I, I don't want the Suns to make it. I want Dame and Nurkic and Melo to go against Braun and AD. I think that's going to be an incredible series. And I just love, you know, they are four and two in the bubble, but they could have won that Clippers game. Damian Lillard missed – Mr. Clutch missed two free throws to lose it, which we'll get to a, a little bit later. But mm-hmm. they could have been five and one. Like they have been competitive, beating every team, uh, and they've had a shot to go undefeated. And Mello is stepping up. Nurkic is, Nurkic is stepping up. This team is coming together. You love to see it. I'd love to see them in the playoffs. This is my pick. 
Yeah, I think you actually might have just convinced me. Like, I wanted to see the Suns in just because it's like the perfect Cinderella story. But at the same time, I need Damon Mello going seven games against yeah. Braun in round one of the playoffs. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to get AD against DeAndre Ayton, who is not ready yeah. to go against Anthony Davis yet. Otherwise, it's Nurk versus AD. It's Braun going against all of the different wings they have in Mello. We get we probably yeah. get a mellow LeBron uh, pairing, which would be amazing. You get the back. Please, I need that. Oh, it'd be amazing. I'm yeah, I'm really honestly for that. the Grizzlies, the Spurs, and the Suns are like all fighting to make the playoffs and get swept by the Lakers in the first round. And yeah. the Blazers, it would actually be a really fun series. And I think the what the Grizzlies have Boston and the Bucks left, and yeah. the Trailblazers have the Mavs and the Nets. So we're yeah. gonna get this plan. Yeah, for sure. For it's sure. Just gonna, it's just going to depend on who has to win one game versus two games. That's really what they're fighting for at this point, right? Yep. Yeah, because if Portland could move up into that eight spot, I mean, honestly, if it stayed the way it is now, Memphis stays at eight, Portland stays at nine, I trust Portland to win two games to make it into that playoff match. Yeah, I think um, so too. They if, don't have Jaron Jackson Memphis, Jr. If Memphis even has to win – just one game like I just don't trust them to do that they no. they've been one and five in the bubble and they yeah they just lost JJJ so it's they've had a tough go of it and, I've and loved, they do like, not look like a playoff team no and I mean their player like Dylan Brooks we talked about in the preview pod uh, out of Oregon has stepped up a lot and played really well he just had 25 against the Raptors but no this is you know this is not a uh, this doesn't look like a playoff team that's gonna be a fun a fun series against the Lakers. Yeah. I also just, I cannot take a full playoff series of John Morant landing on one foot coming down from these insane dunks because it's, it's so like, I hold my breath every time. Like Cha, just please in the off season, please in the off season, jaw. Jaw. I know you're listening to this podcast. Please work on it. We don't want to see you get injured. Yeah, it's not Jaws year. It's not Zion's year. Uh, no. Just, you know, we'll see them in the playoffs many more, many more years in the future. Yeah, we got plenty of time with them. Yeah. All right, let's shift focuses over to the WNBA for a little bit. Woo! Uh, another great week in the WNBA. If you didn't um, listen to our pod with Ari Chambers from Bleacher Report, please go do so. Incredible WNBA recap. Yeah. Ari's just – she was such a great interview, and she – just knows the WNBA so well that if you're trying to get into the WNBA, that is like first, that is required reading, required listening. She's friends with all the players. She, for years, she just knows them all. She knows the culture. Uh, She had some great tips. So go listen to the pod. Yeah. Okay. So WNBA, we saw another really strong week from the sky, our storm and the links. They were, Mm -hmm. they definitely had great weeks. Uh, and you know, another high T hoops, bad take, but I think everyone kind of got this take wrong. Uh, Like everyone got this one wrong. We might've jumped the gun on the mystics a little bit. They started out three and oh, they're now three and three. Turns out if you take away an MVP, it's hard to win games. Unless you're the Raptors. Brian, what have you, (laughs) unless you're the Raptors, that's a good point. Brian, what did you think about this week's action in the WNBA? What were your takeaways? Uh, the storm are amazing. They're going to win it all. Yeah. I'm totally biased. Love the storm. <laughs> even Sue sitting, even when Sue sits, like the news covers her, 
she's just incredible. Uh, Brianna Stewart, I think, is going to be the MVP. You love to see it. Uh, Kennedy Carter is a fucking force, who I think we're going to go over in a second, so I'll pause there. Um, mm-hmm. And then for uh, you know for the sky to kind of jump up, and now you know sky is number one, Stormer number uh, number one in the Western Conference. Um, it's just been it's been fun to watch. These games are fun. Um, unfortunately, yep. you know, we talked about this with Ari where they didn't really get a lot of time to have their normal training camp or ramping up into the season. And there's a lot of games very quickly. We're seeing a lot of scary injuries like Diana Taurasi, DT, having that mm-hmm. you know, back go out against the storm was really scary. I think the MRI came back and she, nothing structural. So I think she'll be able to come back, but yeah, like it wasn't major. Of, it wasn't major, but a lot of the top players are, are getting a little hurt and going down, you know, Sue, Sabrina, um, so it's a little scary, but it's been a really fun season. And I love that the NBA and WNBA are at the same time. I wish they did this every year. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see them uh, playing at the same time. I feel like there's like pros and cons. Um, you know, the NBA can kind of throw their weight behind the WNBA players. We've obviously seen them like posting saying, watch the games, you know, support them. But at the same time, like, we're both people who are very plugged into basketball all the time. I'm struggling to watch all these games. There yeah. are so many games. And so keeping up with both, I'll admit, is really hard when they're playing at the same time. Yeah, I, that, it is tough. And you, you can't really follow the gameplay as much. But at least like during NBA broadcasts, they're talking about the culture and the games yep. and everything happened. So at least there's news sharing back and forth, which is nice. Yeah, Obviously, totally. these, these media companies can cover the WNBA a lot better and they still you know, mispronounce names or do NBA comparisons for everything. And just, instead of just focusing on the WNBA and what their accomplishments are. But uh, I do like that there, it seems like basketball is on now and Mm -hmm. that means NBA and WNBA as opposed to, Oh, it's the off season, but the WNBA is playing, which is typically what happens in the summer. So I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, so you'll remember in our RE interview, since all of you obviously listened to it already, if you haven't, go do that. Um, she Her recommendation was for people who are trying to get into the WNBA, they're just getting into it for the first time. Her advice was find the players that you really love first, and then that will kind of lead you to finding what your team should be. So yeah. we're going to start calling out like kind of the fun players to watch that week. Yes. Uh, so you already mentioned Kennedy Carter. So let's start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kennedy Carter, she honestly probably should have gotten a lot more hype coming in as a rookie this past year, but honestly was like overshadowed by all of the coverage around Sabrina. Yeah. And, you know, we can like we can say it. There's probably like a a big racial element to that covering. Like there's probably a reason why Kennedy wasn't covered as much, but you know, she's come in and has done incredible. She was in this past week was the youngest player in the WNBA history to score 30 points in a game. She just usurped uh, Sue Bird who had previously held that title. So no Sue Bird, but also go Kennedy. Yep. Um, And also she was just really funny on, Twitter this week, they caught like a really funny video of her like dragging a suitcase upstairs, like walking into the game and (laughs) like her team tweeted it. And everyone was like, why did you pick this video of her to, to post? And she like laughed it off and was like, Oh, it's rookie duties. Like, don't worry. But Kennedy Carter, especially because she's a rookie, like you're getting in now for someone that you're going to be able to watch 
for 20 years. And she's just, she's really fun and a really exciting player who's coming up. Yeah. So we got the, the young rookie in there, Skylar, who's, who's balling yep. out as said. And then we have Candace Parker, who the is veteran. the veteran in the league. what do you think yeah. of her this week? Candace Parker has been balling the fuck out. Yep. She was one assist short of a triple double today. I think Candace Parker is just so impressive because she is consistently one of the best players in the WNBA, but she's also doing that while being a commentator for the yep. NBA, while being a mom. Like she's just she's incredible. She balances so many things and she's so good at so many things. Like I saw so many people this week saying Candace Parker is such an amazing commentator. Like we would listen to her on every game. Yep. And, you know, again, with the coaches, or if you have young players, go look at her post footwork. She ha she hit some fadeaways and her footwork is amazing. So go study yep. her, like what she does in the paint. Um, Cause we don't see a whole lot of post play in the NBA, but in the WNBA, you see a lot more of it. Um, especially with Candace where she's doing the fadeaways. She's doing the hezzies yep. going into the fadeaways whoa we've got some helicopters outside we're keeping this in uh candace as is doing some amazing work out there and like ari said follow the players first follow them on tiktok because they yep. are hilarious uh and then you can get into the games a little bit more yeah i think in general if you're a young basketball player who is wanting to watch tape to get better watch the wnba the WNBA just, mm -hmm. they master the fundamentals and like footwork and just all the really technical stuff, yep. which I think to like a casual viewer, it ends up seeming like it's going to be less entertaining because it's not as showy, but they're just, they're such solid, good basketball players. So yep. that's a good point. Like if you're a young basketball player and you want to watch film, watch the WNBA. Don't rule them out. And it's on – just go go WNBA League Pass. Super easy. I know it's not on – you know, it's not on uh, uh, the prime time as much, but uh, It's WNBA like less League than Pass 20 bucks. Easy. Yeah, it's easy. Support them. All right. Okay, let's move on. Oh, we got some a biker gang outside. I'm keeping this all in. Okay. Uh, the finalists for the NBA awards were announced this week, Brian. Yep. Do you want to go one category by one category and give our picks? Yep, let's run through them. Okay, I honestly, I do not have hard picks for these. I do not care about these awards. I do. I do a little bit, but... Let's start at the bottom. Let's go to like the coach of the year and okay. work our way up to MVP. Okay, so coach of the year, we've got Coach Bud of the yep. Bucks, Billy Donovan of the Thunder, and Nick Nurse of the Raptors. Who's your pick here, Brian? Okay, so I think they announced that Billy Donovan and uh, Coach Bud are sharing it. Yeah, why is this like still being announced as the finalists like this? I'm a little confused. I may need to do a little more research here, but uh, my pick is, and you know, anytime NBA show, again, shout out, love those guys. Uh, Marley and uh, Yanni rightly said that it is ridiculous to have two coach of the year. That means there's no coach of the year. Totally agree with that. You got to give the award to one person or it's meaningless. This yeah. year, I think it's Nick Nurse. I love the work Billy Donovan has done. I think it's 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 incredible what the Thunder have done. I kind of credit that more to CP3 though, and they got some really like like shy Shay. Have you decided yet, Skeller? Is it shy or Shay for you? I think I, it's Shay. I still think it's shy, I'll but like Shay. I don't know. I still keep hearing people say shy, and at this point, I'm afraid to ask. So <laughs> I'm just so gonna Billy avoid Donovan, saying his name altogether. I like Billy Donovan, but you have CP3, the point god 
who is going to, who's taken every team he's had uh, to good, you know, regular season success. Coach Bud, I think he's done a great job with the Bucks, but you also have the fucking MVP on your team and a really yeah. good cast around him. So Giannis is powering that. Nick Nurse lost the NBA Finals MVP and one of the best players in the NBA, and still the Raptors look unstoppable and like a contender again, even though they really didn't fill that position with any other free agent. I actually I disagree. You do? Oh come on, okay, Nick Nurse, two-time all, BBL coach. No, first of all, justice for Kyle Lowry. Everyone needs to stop diminishing Kyle Lowry's effect on this team. Kyle Lowry is an incredible basketball player. No one is giving him the credit he deserves. I'm giving him all Nick the Nurse credit. Nick Nurse is not coaching a team of nobodies. That is such a bullshit narrative. Any other team that loses their best player is not coming back the next season if they that have a true. coach that That's is not true. Nick Nurse. And okay, the way this is still a very good team. It's, there it's, are it very is good. good players they have stepped on this up. team. But I'm, Nurse, I'm just so sick of hearing people be like, Kawhi, or, Kawhi left, Nick Nurse is coaching. No, like, no, he has great <laughs> players on this team. He's coaching a great team. I also actually think like Coach Bud actually had his work cut out for him with this team. I think it's really hard to manage an MVP. I think it's really hard to manage ego. I think it's honest. really hard to manage expectations. But still, I think there's a lot of like mental stuff that goes into managing a team that is coming in, people being like, oh, they're probably going to win this year. He's probably going to be MVP this year. I think there's a lot of like mental management for teams like that. Okay. I pick Nick Nurse, your, your coach, Bob. Right. I don't know. I don't care. All right. Who's next? Uh, most improved player. We Who got Bam Adebayo. Yep. We got Luka Doncic and we got Brandon Ingram. Uh, Brian, who's your pick? I already know I disagree. I know. Uh, so Luca came out and said Devonta Graham should have been in this category instead of Luca. Agreed. Which I kind of agree with. I think Devonta Graham went from rookie season like four points a game to like 18 yep. points a game and carrying the Hornets. Yep. So incredible there. Brandon Ingram, just get get out, Brandon. Like uh, you're really good and I've appreciated you, but after this bubble performance, like just you're not in this anymore. Uh, Luca. I do have a case for Luca, which I really like. Ugh, you hate Brian. this one. I, this is I not hate my this pick, case. Though. I know you hate this case. But oh, Luka, you changed you changed your pick for I when we last pick. talked. Yeah, 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 I changed my. So pick. I convinced you. Convinced you you kind of yes. convinced me. Yes. Yes. So I actually think that uh, Luca should be. I think Luca's top five MVP. So I think he's more in the MVP conversation than most improved player. But Luca going from rookie where he did pretty well, and not pretty well. He did great, like unbelievable rookie numbers, but did now pretty well rookie of the year, rookie of the year, but going from that level to like four levels above where he's an MVP candidate is like a huge improvement. And so you're, there's a case that like the exponential growth there is more than bam, but it's a weak case. You, you got me. Very so I'm picking, case. I'm keeping bam. I don't think people really, you know, bam's freak athlete, uh, People thought he could be like that role player, not really a sh quite the shooter yet, um, adding a little bit more to his game. But for him to come in this season to a good Heat team and mm -hmm. be a dominant player, all-star, that is what the most improved player is for. And everyone yeah. knew Luka was going to be good. He was great last year. He's even, you know, even greater this year. But Bam could have been like Hassan Whiteside or Roy Hibbert where he's just out of the league, and instead yeah. he's turned himself into an all-star. So I think, I think Bam is the, is the most improved player. Guys, I would just like to say that 
Brian was going to choose Luca last night. And then I laid out the case that you Skylar, cannot Skylar. be rookie of the year. No, no, Brian. I'm you edit can't. This out. Nope. <laughs> you cannot be rookie of the year and then most improved player. You can't do it. It doesn't work. All right. Uh, my, my choice is Bam. I think it's obviously Bam. I also love, uh, did you see that Bam texted Dwayne Wade before the season and like said what he was going to average that season and was like, I'm going to be an all-star this year, like was talking his shit. Yeah. And then they like his predictions for what he was going to be averaging that year and like points, assists, all the things. They were all really correct. So, you know. Go Bam. 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 Go Bam. Let's go to sixth man, Skylar. The candidates are Montrezl Harrell of the LA Clippers. Dennis Schroeder of the OKC Thunder and Lou Will also of the LA Clippers. So Skylar, what's your pick? What are your thoughts on this category? I honestly just don't understand these finalists. Like I, I don't understand why this might be dumb, honestly, but I don't understand why you can have two people from the same team nominated for six man of the year. I agree. I love this take. There is, you have one six man. Like this is like one of them is the six man and one of them is the seven man. I love the strict interpretation of this award. Okay. Well, I thought that there were like some sort of like guidelines around like, Oh, they were the first person off of the bench for the most amount of games out of everyone. So they're your six man and they made a big impact. Like it doesn't make sense to have two players from the same team nominated for six. (laughs) Like you could have literally, other than coach of the year, you can have literally any, I guess not MVP or rookie. No, I guess just MVP. Other than MVP, you could do it for any other category, but you can't do it for six man of the year. It doesn't make sense. I agree. I want the strict interpretation. I want the sixth person, like the number one person off the bench needs to get this award. Yeah. It can't be two people because that's not the six no. man. I agree. So with that in mind, who is your pick here, Skylar? Uh... I hadn't even thought about this. I think Schroeder. Yeah, I agree. Lou Will wins think, every year. It's almost like predestined. Yeah, I'm but sick of it. Montrezl, if you throw in another teammate, agreed. They cancel each other out. It's Schroeder. It's, yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, defensive player of the year. We got Giannis, we got AD, and we got Rudy Gobert. Didn't Rudy Gobert win this last year? Yeah, he's, he's two-time DPOY. Yeah, it's a lot. Brian, what's your pick here? Uh, Giannis. Interesting. That's all I actually I got. didn't know that. And I wasn't expecting that. I yeah, think I'm going to go with AD. Player. Why? Just give I it to Giannis. He's... he's incredible. Okay, but do you think Giannis is going to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year? I, yes, and do I you do. think he should? Yes, on both. Okay. All right. He, just you cannot score around the rim with Giannis there. AD. I don't know. AD is so good. I feel like like there's a lot of conversations right now. Like, would you start a franchise with him? Where does he rank? He just, I don't know if it's effort. I don't know if he checks out of certain parts of the game. I don't know what it is for him to not completely pull it together. But Giannis has completely pulled it together now on defense, especially. And it is incredible to watch. So yeah, I, yeah I, it's Giannis for this for me. All right. I think you convinced me. I didn't feel strongly about any of those, to be honest. Thank you. And Gobert, you know, he there's an argument for him where he there is he uh, he stopped the entire league when he got COVID. So <laughs> no other player has been there's able to do that. Actually, a great case for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, he stopped the whole league at one time. So he maybe stopped Gobert all the best it. players. Yes, all at, at once. once. 
I think you got him there, Brian. Yeah, maybe it's Gobert. He gets a special award for that. Yeah. All right, rookie of the year. We got Ja, we got Kendrick Nunn of the Heat, and we got Zion. I feel like this is an easy one for basically everyone. It's Ja, isn't it? It's Ja, yeah. Zion hasn't played enough games. I mean, there was no, like, no matter what happened this year, Zion was going to be in this race, Uh, but he hasn't played enough. And Ja has been incredible. And, and Kendrick Nunn so has fun been to watch. Kendrick Nunn's been really good, but yeah. Jimmy Butler's the leader of that team. Jaw is the leader of, well, maybe not a playoff team, but a, an eighth seeded team right now as a rookie. Yep. Like he has done incredible work this year. Love Jaw. Yeah. All right, Brian, the granddaddy of them all. Yep. Who's your MVP pick? We got Giannis, we got Harden, and we got Braun. Is anyone even like considering Harden for this? No, but I appreciate that he's in here because Harden gets roasted a lot, and I don't think yeah. people appreciate what he gives to that team and how good of a player he is. I think he's gotten this finalist the last six to eight years, like just yeah. consistently. So love mm-hmm. that they included Harden here. There's a big case to like make Braun it because they're the number one in the West. Uh, he's played incredible this year. And I think there's yep. a little bit of – I think media feel bad that they didn't give it to him certain years, so they kind of want to – give it to him this last year because I think he's kind of coming up on his non-MVP years but it's Giannis for me like uh, Giannis has been best team in the NBA best player on the best team clearly the best player across every metric so it's Giannis yep yeah I agree I think a lot of people will try to line up their stats for the season line up their career so far which I don't think is fair like a lot of people will try to make the Braun case and I definitely see it but it, it just has to be honest like he's just yeah. he's the most dominant player in the league and what he brings to his team I think is different than what LeBron brings to that team because if Braun is gone they still have AD which like yeah. you just said like teams would build around AD yep there's no one on the bus it's Chris Middleton it's Chris and, Middleton but no one is building around Chris Middleton yeah it's Giannis just has such a big effect on this team and such a big effect on the league. I can't imagine him not winning this award. Yep. So in recap, our picks are Giannis for MVP, Jaw for rookie of the year, Giannis for defensive player of the year. Did you go AD? Uh, you convinced me for Giannis. Okay. Uh, six man, Schroeder, most improved player, Bam, coach of the year. I went Nick Nurse. You went coach Bud. But also, like, it's already been decided, so we don't know. I don't know. Who knows what that category is? Who knows? Is. Awards are, are meaningless. All right. What's next in the Sunday Roast, Skylar? We get to the section for which this show is named. It's time for our roasts. Oh, the roasts. It's the time roast. for the roast. That was just a little appetizer, just a little, little prefixings for you. Now we got the full roast. All right, Brian. We've both got a couple a couple people to roast this week. Uh, I'm going to start with one that it's kind of a roast. It's kind of uh, like dumb things people are arguing about on the internet. Cause that's also one of our uh, segments. Yep. So I saw a tweet this past <laughs> week that said an anonymous NBA executive believes the Sixers will need to choose between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. If Philadelphia has an earlier than expected playoff exit. Do you know what I did, Brian, when I saw that tweet? What'd you do? I kept scrolling. <laughs> and so many people got suckered 
into arguing over this tweet. Okay, these tweets happen literally every couple months that an anonymous NBA executive opinion got leaked. You literally cannot convince me that these are real things being said by real NBA executives. Like, it's just, it's so vague. Also, like, NBA executives aren't just out here saying, like, these are fake. And also, it's just (laughs) not worth arguing over. Like, there is so much basketball going on and so many other fun things to argue about that if you are arguing about tweets like this right now on Twitter, congrats, you're a sucker. Yeah, just, just, just stop. Stop it's doing every it. Just couple stop months engaging. For years. This has been happening for years. Ever since they drafted both of them, there's always the yeah. argument, can they fit together? The answer is no. Move on. Trade one of them, and we'll move on with our lives. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say you need a new coach. <laughs> and a new coach. I Just don't engage with these people. Please. And it's even worse when, you know, Ben Simmons is now out indefinitely for just destroying his kneecap, which was very sad. Uh, yeah. I actually, w- I was really enjoying watching them try to piece it together in the playoffs. Uh, but Ben Simmons is out. They're not going to do that well in the playoffs again. And we're going to have the same argument over and over and over again. I'm sorry, Philly fans. We warned you though. If you listen to yeah. our Philly pod, we said it was just all pain and we were not we wrong. We said last week, the Sixers are being the Sixers. And they're just going to sorry. Sixer. Over Sucks. and over. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I don't love Ben Simmons, but of course, never rooting for an injury. And no. we just saw JoJo leave uh, the game today with a potential injury. So, you know, Sad. hoping the best for them. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one. This one, you know, I understand a little bit. The Bucks and the Nets. Uh, the, the Nets beat the Bucks. Let, you know, let's be very straightforward with this. Uh, the Nets are putting a G League team on the floor. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I've been pitching the Nets that for me to play on the, on the Nets during the bubble time. Just put me in the corner, corner threes. I don't even know who is playing anymore. Everyone they bring on gets injured even. Uh, they bring on players that can't play because they get – it's just it's, – it's ridiculous. Uh, the Bucks were had an 18.5-point spread, and they straight up lost. Did, the Nets didn't cover. They just beat the Bucks. And I know the Bucks had the one seed locked up. I know that they're, you know, resting people. But just for your own, you know, pride, you can't lose to the Nets. And Skylar, do you want to tell the hilarious pool story of the Rockets and how they helped the, help the Nets? Yeah. So the Rockets and the Nets were, like, hanging out by the pool. They shared the they same stayed, hotel. Yeah. yeah, they stayed at the same hotel. So they were all hanging out by the pool. And you know how this goes. Like, you start chatting. What, you know, what games you got coming up. And the Nets told the Rockets that they had the Bucks next. And the Rockets, like, gave them advice yeah, on how beat to them. beat the Bucks because yeah. they had just beat them. So they told them, like, they will leave you open for threes, so just bombard them with threes. And that's what the Nets did to beat the Bucks. So it was incredible. And it's also just really <laughs> funny. Like, we've talked about the bubble being, like, a summer camp or, like, an AAU tournament, like, this is literally what happens yeah. at like AAU tournaments as you yes. like see teams. You're like, Oh, have you guys played them? What do we do? Like, it's just, it's so funny. I love hearing that these grown ass men who play in the NBA are still just like their AAU kids at heart, just like trying to get yes. advice from their friends. This is exactly what we did in AAU tournaments. You'd find the best yeah. fucking team and you'd go talk to the other teams that played them and you'd all try to figure out how to beat them. And they did that by yeah. the pool and the bubble for the first time in history, which is just amazing. So, Bucks, 
I know you locked it up, but just don't lose to the Nets. That's all I yeah. got to say. Uh, next yeah. one, Pelicans. Can you start off with this? I, I'm just, I just am so frustrated with them. Brian is so distressed over the Pelicans. And honestly, I don't know why, because this is exactly what I expected out of them in this bubble. No, we hyped them up. <laughs> Honestly, I did not have much hope for them, though. I, like, wanted it to happen, but I was like, I don't know. We'll All right, see. Let's, let's go through some of these. Uh, we hyped up Alvin Gentry, great coach, hyped up David Griffin, great GM. We just showered affection on them. We loved how they were coming together. Zion catfished us with that incredible weight room photo where he looked jacked and skinny <laughs> when he is not skinny right now. He looked like he's 285 pounds or something, pushing 300. And so this team had a really good shot to make the playoffs. It is so valuable for rookies and young teams to get those playoff tests, especially early, you know, in the, early in their career. They yeah. had a chance. J.J. Reddick's face says it all. They have just blown it, and now they are eliminated. I don't – I have a lot of questions. Why would you rest Sion so much? Why, uh, why do you intentionally lose games? What, what is the point of doing all of this? I have no idea. Why wouldn't you try to make the playoffs? Maybe there's someone much smarter than me that can explain it. Cause as we said before, Alvin Gentry and David Griffin are really good at their jobs. I need to get on a call with them. Maybe we should have them on the pod. I don't know <laughs> what they were thinking though. And I'm yeah. mad. I That's mean, I kind I honestly, I kind of get it because if you're looking at Zion as your future and you look at this playoffs race, like there, I mean, you're not going to win the championship. Like what? I mean, I get that you want him to be playoff tested, but I genuinely think at this point I would also be just more concerned with keeping him healthy. Yeah. Also just, I I would love to roast Lonzo for a minute. Yes, Lonzo please. is so bad. What He's is he so doing? bad. He's what is he doing? And he, I saw people roasting him on Twitter today, like posting his stats for all of his games because they were just pathetic. Yeah. And he quote tweeted it and was like, "Oh, make sure you post my numbers next year with like a Nipsey Hustle quote." And it's like, play well now. Okay. During during the restart, you just played terrible. Like we don't have time for your clapbacks. Maybe it's as simple as they saw Zion come back not in great shape and they were concerned. And so when was like, that picture taken? Like a few days before the restart. But it's like I know. literally not what he looks like right now. I, I know. I don't I have no idea what happened. How maybe did they that just happen. Maybe they saw it and went, you know what? Not gonna be our year. Let's move on. And they that's all they did. Maybe it's just that simple. But when you have Brandon Ingram, the most improved player finalist and the rookie of the year finalist. I would have loved to see Zion in the playoffs, but I'll move yeah. on. But I'm going to roast them while I can right now when I have a microphone. Sure. Uh, I uh, really want your take wanna... on this. Okay. Cue it Just up. Just a quick one. Quick roast. If you're Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, <laughs> you see Draymond go on TNT and clearly tamper by saying Devin Booker needs to get, out of, get out of the Phoenix Suns and then say, yes, I'm tampering. <laughs> do you still find him or do you let it stop? Yes. Okay. No, there's no way Adam Silver could have not fined Draymond for this. He, it, it like was so obviously tampering. And then he was asked, are you tampering? And he said, maybe like you have to find him at that point. But also I like, I completely get both sides. Like Adam Silver had to find him, but also yeah. Draymond Green, like that fine means literally nothing to him. And he like, he's probably going to have to pay a bunch of fines over the next couple of years <laughs> while he's still playing and doing these media roles as well. But as soon as he 
I almost went to say graduates. As soon as he retires, uh, he is going to be doing these media positions all the time. Like he is getting queued up right now to be the next Shaq or the next Chuck. So he's He's going to make so much money when he retires. Like obviously he's making a fuck ton of money now. He's going to make so much money doing this stuff after he retires that it is like completely worth it to just pay the fines now to kind of lay the groundwork for that career. So you're saying that he is going viral intentionally by tampering to get himself more exposure as an analyst to secure that bag after he retires while taking the short term fine hit. I don't think he's tampering intentionally. I think he went, I don't think he went on to that show with the intention of saying that I think Mm -hmm. it just came out, but I do think that it is completely worth it for him to just say these I mean, it's not even a wild, like he didn't even say anything wild, but it's totally worth it to say things that will get him fined Yep. because it's, he's going to have a career in this. Agreed. Great theory. We can move on. Just wanted to slide that one in there to get your thought. Yeah. It's been a fun story to follow. All right. Let's move on to another really fun section. Oh, uh, let's wait. move into our beefs for the week. I like that we follow up the roast, which is a pretty hearty meal, with beefs, another hearty meal, which is my preferred Sunday roast. Just also, go there, from meat to meat. There is beef in roasts. Yeah, but they're separate. And I enjoy okay, both well, here, of them. Separate. Here are our beefs. <laughs> Here's our beefs for the week. Uh, pretty fun one this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Dame got into it with Pat Bev and paul george oh yeah which just like this mashup of personalities is one that i always want to see going after each other mm-hmm. all right so i'll give you a little background uh dame and the trailblazers were playing uh pat bev and paul george and the clippers and it came down to the wire uh dame who is known as being this incredible clutch shooter missed two game-winning free throws could not believe it there was literally i saw a stat that like with his uh, NBA history, like the the chances of him missing both of those was like 1.2% or something insane. Uh, so Pat Bev is just putting on a show as uh, Dame is missing these free throws. He's on the bench. He's not even playing, but he's screaming at him. He's jumping up and down. He's like falling over chairs. He's, you know whatever Morris twin is on the Clippers. I always forget is like hyping him up a little bit. He keeps screaming Dame time at, yep. at Dame. Cause that's like what people say when Dame hits clutch shots. It was a lot. Yeah. He's uh, obnoxious. So Dame, he's obno- like this is what Pat Bev does. Yes. That's his role. This is. Yeah. Uh, so Dame in his post game interview was asked about it. And he basically said that they reacted that way because they, they expect him to make those shots because he's so good. And so they were so shocked because he hadn't made them that it's actually a sign of respect. And also, by the way, he sent both of those players home in the playoffs in the past with clutch shots. Yep. Uh, So then it gets taken to Instagram. Uh, Paul George says, yep, and you're getting sent home this year to Dame. And Dame responds with a pretty tough dig, honestly. He says, keep switching teams, running from the grind, you boys as chumps, which I, like, I just love that Dame was like, what is going to like really get at Paul George's like heart? Yep. He like really went for like the one like biggest insecurity Paul George probably has, yep. which I love. Um, 
I don't know that many people know this, but it's escalated from there. Uh, Dame's sister got on Instagram and was talking about Paul George's girlfriend or wife. He was, or she was saying that she's a stripper, which, by the way, is not an insult. We support sex work on this podcast. This is a sex positive um, podcast. Sex positive podcast. Stripper is not an insult. Uh, Paul George's girlfriend responded and called Dame's sister a cow. It's just, it's gotten messy. It's a lot. It's a lot. Brian, what side are you on in this beef? Uh, I'm on the side of the beef overall. Uh, yes, I think it's me hilarious too. to think of them. You got to put it in context. They're both in the bubble. So they're both sitting in their hotel rooms, very close to each other, <laughs> tweeting these things back and forth on like a Bleacher Report Instagram post. So it's just hilarious that this is what trash talk is now. Is It's just comments on media, you know, Instagram yeah. profiles. Uh, but I, I love it. I love that there's just like powers of the league. I love that there's this drama around it. And I like yep. that you have the two sides where Dame is stuck with the trailblazers, become that leader, grown with the team. Paul George has hopped around to, you know, OKC and now the Clippers. So yep. this is like, this has brought out two sides of the coin where it's like, should you chase a ring by going to teams and forming these super teams or should you try to build it with your own team? And they both represent it so well and they're so good. Uh, so I love it. Just keep doing it. It's fun. I don't think it's real. I mean, Dame, like a few years ago, is like, I want Paul George on the Blazers. So they're going to resolve it. But it's just fun to have a little drama during the uh, during the restart. I don't know. I would love to see this one end up being like an ongoing beef. If your sister is like getting on Instagram and being like, she's a stripper, and then his girlfriend's like, she's a cat. Like, this is more than just like a little Instagram spat at this point. I hope this keeps going. We're a fan of beefs here, so I agree big fan of beefs also dame is completely unfazed he was unstoppable today he dropped 51 points yeah he's, so uh, if, he's if anyone for if anyone needed to be reminded after those two missed free throws who the fuck dame is dame came to tell you today yeah in a in a close win over the sixers and they needed that from for this play-in so yep dame's gonna dame dame's gonna dame all right, let's move on to our community and social justice initiatives for the week. Okay, so we got a quick one in the NBA this week. Chris Paul has been doing a really cool thing with his walk-in fits. So every game he showed up to this week, he's been walking in in gear from HBCUs. So HBCUs, if anyone doesn't know, it's like a very specifically American thing. Uh, HBCUs are historically black colleges and universities. So it's just been really cool to see Chris Paul support them. He's been wearing gear to walk into the game. So then all of his shoes in the games have been, uh, has like featured the logos for the HBCUs. So yeah. really cool to see that. And Chris Paul is one of the biggest reasons that uh, they are actually having this bubble uh, because yep. he is the president of the uh, NBA Players Association. So one of the things that they wanted to do coming back in the bubble was to make sure they kept close to social and community issues. And it's good to see yeah. him continuing to kind of keep that in the forefront. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I talk a lot about walk-in fits and a lot of it is just like fun. Like I like to see their style and what they're wearing that day, but I also really like to see players really get creative with their walk-in fits and how they can kind of send messages through them. So I, I just think this is a really cool idea and a really creative way to get people talking about this. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a great segue into our next <laughs> for example. yourself. <laughs> great segue Ollie, for myself. Board to yourself and she puts it down. <laughs> 
So in the WNBA, we also have some great walk-in fits that send some messages. So the WNBA players this week showed up to their games wearing shirts that said, vote Warnock. So Warnock is, he's Reverend Raphael Warnock, and he is running against Atlanta Dream minority owner Kelly Loeffler for Senate in Georgia. She currently owns, or currently holds that seat, and he's uh, running to unseat her, so... Basically, it started coming out that Sue Bird was kind of the person who thought of this idea and started spreading it to uh, the other players. So she said that um, it was just she had a quote where she basically just said that it was really tough for the players in their league to hear how much an owner in their league just didn't care about a lot of the league and a lot of the people in it. And so Sue Bird said... This was a situation where given what was said in regards to the owner of Atlanta and how basically she came out against a lot of what the women in our league stand for, I think was an emotionally tough thing for a lot of women in our league to hear. But quickly we started to realize that this was only happening for her political gain. This was something that she wanted. And the more noise we made, whether it was a tweet saying to her to get out, that was just playing into her into her hands. Which I think this is really it's just really smart on Sue Bird's part to kind of realize this and start thinking, how can we, how can we, how can we raise awareness against her in a way that doesn't just play into this political game of back and forth. And even after she, after they wore these shirts, like Kelly Loeffler came out and said it was cancel culture, which is such fucking bullshit. But like, that's what I'm saying is she will, she will make it into a political game no matter what they do. So if they're just smarter about how they're playing that game, then they're winning. Yeah. And the WNBA, once again, leads on many social initiatives. And they're doing yeah. it again here and showing, you know, why, why you need to follow the WNBA. Because they stand up for what they believe in. And they do it in really amazing ways for their platform. So, yeah, yeah. really, really love this I'm always, initiative. I'm always really impressed with how... The WNBA is very intentional and very clear in what they're doing with their social justice movements and exactly what they're trying to achieve. You know, I think the NBA has done a lot of really great things in this bubble. And then there's some stuff that it's just, you can tell it's just kind of for show. And, you know, Black Lives Matter is, I don't consider it a political statement i consider it a human rights statement but Mm -hmm. a lot of people do consider it a political statement but i think what's really cool about this is that these WNBA players they didn't get people talking about like these vague statements or educational reform or all of these whatever the nba is doing they literally got like espn to be talking about the Senate race in Georgia. Like they're getting people to talk actual politics and actual things that people can change. And so I'm just really impressed by that. Go WNBA. Go watch them. Go WNBA. Go Sue Bird. Uh, Go Reverend Warnock. Vote Warnock. Vote Warnock. It's our first political campaign. Statement. Uh, Okay. To wrap this up, Skylar, once again, we are doing the parting shot little dessert for everyone kind of our takeaway from the week do you want to go first do you want me to go first you go first okay my parting shot this week is apologize to carmelo anthony if you (laughs) discounted him carmelo has showed up in this bubble he is a hall of famer 
He has showed it. He hits big shot after big shot. He's a huge reason why the Blazers are in this playoff contention and are most likely going to grab this eighth spot. In the Sixers today, a must-win game for them. Put up 20 points, had a, a, a team leading, plus 14, plus minus. He got the game ball. Mello is back. He's contributing. It's ridiculous that no one signed him. Glad that he's, uh, that he's showing his, uh, his true colors on the Blazers. And if you discounted him, uh, take a second look. You can give an apology. He'll accept it. I'll accept it. Go Mello. Stay Mello. Justice for Mello. Justice for Mello. I completely agree on that one. Uh, My parting shot is going to be just a quick little one. Uh, It is bullshit that two players from one team can be nominated for the (laughs) Sixth Man of the Year Award. And I just want to take my parting shot to just shower Candace Parker with a little bit more love because (laughs) she is 34 and we're, you know, we're getting we're getting towards the years where we 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 need to start making peace with the fact that Candace Parker will not always be in this league, and so we need to appreciate her while she is. She's fucking balling out. I am so annoyed. Derek Fisher took her out before she could get that triple double, yeah, and she's just she's one of the best commentators I've literally ever heard. And so yeah. go Candace Parker. I think go she's incredible. Candace, go Mello. Uh, And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Skylar. We'll see you on Thursday. Yep.